This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikkel Morrison out of Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right, we got all the cities right this time. We're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's my bad. That's definitely cute. I listened to that and laughed so hard. That was hilarious. The timing was like so genuine. You were like, um, where am I? We've just moved around way too much, I think, over the course of the show. But but we're here Mm -hmm. now. We're all together. And I hope you guys all had a great holiday. Um, Lifting the curtain back. It still hasn't happened yet with the time we're recording (laughs) this. But by the time this drops, it'll be uh, almost New Year's. So... Hope you all had a great one, and uh, hope you have a great New Year's Eve as well. Yeah, and, for sure. Yes, and we also want to just remind you guys to uh, keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes if you like the show. Even if you don't like the show, give us four if you don't, if you don't <laughs> like the show. How about that? <laughs> just can knock us off one. Can you, yeah. can you mark half stars? <laughs> I don't know about that. Don't Let's not tempt fate. Let's yeah. just ask for five stars. Five's How good. about that? Yeah. We like five, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good even number, yeah. even though it's odd. But anyway, um, but we love it. We love when you guys, you know, t- turn your friends onto the show. Um, we've gotten lots of emails of people saying that they heard about us from somebody else, and we count on that support. Uh, we don't really have an ad budget, so that's that. Cool. So what are what are you guys up to? Can we talk about well, Christmas weird. shopping? Yeah, I know. It'd be <laughs> weird to talk about gearing up for the holidays when this oh, will when this will release following. But yeah, I'm I'm um it's just we talked about this last time. It's really busy. It just gets it mm-hmm. just starts funneling at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. And um frustratingly on flat budgets when you're putting in a shit ton of hours. <laughs> yep. It's a problem. I know. I know. And oh I'm about God. to like leave town here, so it's stuff. Yeah, are you wait, all packed so. and ready? Hell no! I do that in the morning. I do. You know what? It does I'm not, that it way. Does not take guys long to to pack. Well, it's a very it depends simple, on the guy. But yeah. um, <laughs> I I'm with you. I like to round up all toiletries and things as I'm getting ready in a hurry, because oh, then God, that way, no way, when you use it, you know to throw it in the bag. I, I gotta well, go to true. bed knowing it's all ready to go, so I can just like. Oh, I'm so not surprised. <laughs> oh, I've even that. I've even put it in the car, so it's all ready to go. Well, then how do you get ready to go to the airport in the morning? <laughs> well, no, I. Oh, <laughs> okay. You I'll leave that out. Your razor and Th- stuff. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Or I just show up so bad, it's like not even funny. You know what nice. I mean? No, well, the problem here. Yeah, like, but if I start getting all my stuff packed. Um, my dog starts getting oh, nervous because yeah. he sees they me know. packing, and they know, and that sounds like. People people probably think that sounds dumb, but my dog is very keyed into things mm-hmm. like that. Like he knows, and then he just paces. 
he never like relaxes after yeah. that. So yeah, I try to do it last minute, sneak out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do with him when you leave town like this? Oh, he's fine. No, he's fine. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've got a dog sitter. Okay. Yeah. So the best thing ever is when the dog sitter comes to get him, and then I can pack after. That's that's kind of how it works out best. Oh, oh that's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! Otherwise, it's you being all sensitive to separation anxiety of your. It's dog. not that no, it's not that I'm sensitive. It's that he drives me crazy with his ner- being so neurotic. <laughs> I really could care less about how he's feeling about it. It's just more like <laughs> oh, he just like I'm make sure it, you he care. becomes a basket making, case. It's making it easier for you, Wes. If that's what it's doing. <laughs> Ex- no, it, I I wholeheartedly accept that. I'm fine that's with great. that. <laughs> and you know what else makes it better for me is video blocks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Makes everything better in the life of a designer, especially me as a and Mikkel as web designers. Um, video is so crucial these days in a website, and Video Blocks has you covered. It's an affordable subscription-based stock media site, just unlimited access to premium stock footage that you could get elsewhere, but pay a whole lot more money for it. Um, and they've also got a sister site, Audio Blocks, that offers unlimited access to premium stock audio sounds. So you can use those for, you know, background. If, let's say you're making like an ambient video for your website or a client's. You can have those music cues and everything, it, and they're royalty free. You can use them in perpetuity and never get sued because we hate getting sued around here. Um, you know, but so they've got an unlimited daily download model from a library of 115,000 plus video clips, um, after effects templates. They've got, you know, the audio side has the music track, sound effects and loops. Um, and it's like I say, it's the same content you find in the more expensive stock sites at a cheaper price. Um, great variety of everything, and they're always adding new content to the library so it stays fresh. Um, if you don't find what you're looking for today, you might find it tomorrow. Um, so Videoblocks is offering our listeners a year's subscription to both Videoblocks and Audioblocks for only $149. That's $100 off of what they usually charge. Um, so we're, you can use it on any project you may be uh, working on now or have in your pipeline. So you can get that today for only $149 at videoblocks.com slash deep2016. That's videoblocks.com slash deep2016 for the discounted offer. Because we're still in that, 2016 right now. Yes, we are. Technically. That, Technically. that, uh, that promo code's going to have to change pretty soon. <laughs> I'll have to get on them for that. So, um, yeah, speaking of 2017, last time we covered graphic design trends predicted for 2017. And today we're going to talk about something that I find much more exciting, and that's web design trends for 2017. So um, I've already been doing some work on this. I've done an infographic on the on the topic, and I would just like to offer it to all you guys. If you if you want to put the infographic on your own blog um, for clients to see, so it makes you look like you're super in the know on all the latest trends, feel free to do that. Um, just go to tinyurl.com/slash 2017 trends, all one word, cool. um, and you can see the infographic and just grab that embed code that's after it. All I ask is that if you are going to put it on your site, just use the provided embed code, please. Um, that just makes it super easy for all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think it turned out good. It's like the number one uh, result on Pinterest for 2017 web design trends. So 
I believe it's almost uh, very close to Mikel's stare down. Or what was your what was your incredible new trend? St- stare the step step down oh, the one. Stair stepping. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> See, you're blending trends together. Uh-huh. And then I felt like I needed to Aren't correct we? it with the word staggering. <laughs> I'm still feeling insecure about my terminology. <laughs> I think you got the point across. I think people get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So, and Nick, you're feeling feeling a little nervous because you don't really do much web design, but I think. Uh, well, I am the webmaster, so like, yeah, you are. I'm, the, I'm yeah. ready. I've got I've got some tips. Let me tell you. All right. <laughs> Well, let's let someone get us started. Can I start? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it, oh, Nick. Okay, I'm a little nervous, guys, because you know, everyone <laughs> knows don't do web. But just take take a shot. You'll be fine. I, I I know plenty of web because of my incredible co-host. So I must say I'm a little I'm a little <laughs> up to date now. <laughs> I definitely uh, wanted to kind of highlight the first one here, and and I, I've actually started looking into this as well for mine. Um, it's animated call to action buttons. And this is something that I think we've all maybe experienced and seen, but just probably didn't even realize. If you signed up for things like Evernote or Dropbox or Spotify, you know, each one of these signups is most likely the fact that you saw an effective call to action button, something animated, something kind of unique or cool. And these things should really be a hero on the web page because you're using just very simple animation. I think that's the biggest. The biggest tip here is to be very subtle with the way you animate your call to action button, but do something unique and bring something neat to it to make it very effective. And, you know, you can just resist that urge to go a little overboard, but a little bit of movement every few seconds there will grab that person's attention and they'll, they'll more than likely click on it. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, this has got a much better click rate when you come through with something like this that has a little bit of an animated yeah. feel to it. And sometimes it's so subtle that it's just enough to kind of grab your attention, but then it's, it's still still. And then you see it again and you've already clicked on it. So there's such a great little reaction there. And I think we're all seeing that it works on us too. So definitely get that in there to get some kind of a call to action on your website. Yeah, yeah. I, and the animated thing is kind of a newer trend um, mm-hmm. that I've been kind of noticing, and I think 2017 is going to be the year for it. So mm-hmm. basically, yeah, and what you said, Nick, is just right. Um, this this is one of those trends that like a lot of people will roll their eyes when they hear like, "Oh, great, now we get to see like super obnoxious, mm-hmm. you know, animated <laughs> buttons now." But um, yeah, the thing is, that, I mean, there is a right way to do it, and that's to mm-hmm. just keep it really subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would recommend is maybe like every five seconds, it just kind of gets a little bit bigger and shrinks back down. Just yeah. like, just in like that little pulsating, um, effect can really kind of draw the eye in and it's not obnoxious. It's yeah. You know, and I've seen a subtle gradient fade shift, just really, really like a shimmer. Subtly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've been and, looking at. And I at. think that that example can kind of work depending on the application too. Yeah. And that's like that kind of is a, a an interesting, cool look too, and it just mm-hmm. kind of sh- really slowly changes yeah. color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Not over the top, not obnoxious. Not it crazy, lo- looks chaotic. good, right? Right. It can exactly. still look polished. Um, I haven't tried it yet. I need to experiment with it. Yeah, I think that I definitely want to try this on my own site. Yeah. I need. I, I think I. I just hope my developer knows how to do it. Now, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask that. That like I want to. I'm looking into this and how to add it. What's how do you go about doing it? What is these are these pre-made uh, things that yeah. you find? Or can I think you... it's like I think it's got to be JavaScript. Yeah. Um, but you're asking the wrong guy. I'm got not it. the. I'm not the 
programmer. Um, I just kind of design it, and then yes. my my developer does the re- either he knows or he'll Scripts look into it, it and figure you. out. Great. I think you're it. right. I think it's I think it's programmatically um, a result of J- JavaScript, but oftentimes even sliders rotation in the hero mm-hmm. region um, nowadays aren't necessarily all JavaScript. So there's got to be a timer something that's behind the scenes there. So if you're a developer and a listener to the show, you're probably laughing your ass off with the way that we just described that. <laughs> Especially when I gave this tip. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? We all have our things that we know. And, uh, I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'll I laugh at this. Hear, I still I'll hear Jason this. describe things as copy and paste all the time. It drives me batty. Like, no, that, you can't say that to describe the things that I do on the job ever again. <laughs> He's so unsupportive <laughs> of your lifestyle. Oh my god! All right, cool, Mikkel. So, what do you? What's your first one? Well, mine is not necessarily a design trend per se. It's um, taking a different angle to mm-hmm. what's upcoming, and actually, what's definitely been rapidly the case, um, and that is prototyping tools. They seem to be de- definitely one of nice. the most powerful breakthroughs to hit the web design world. So. And I would say that this has definitely occurred over the past year, um, as far as my attentiveness is concerned. So mm-hmm. in my mind now that I've been utilizing for myself personally in vision so much on an mm-hmm. everyday basis, to me, yeah. it's a must have for any web UI or UX designer, um, which by the way, there's. I've learned today that there's so much crossover between UI and UX design roles that we should probably designate a future podcast episode to the to the two. Like the <laughs> difference what, between and, them, you mean? And what the differences are? Yes. Yeah. There's, I, a, yeah there's a lot of crosstalk between them, but yeah, there is. There is, and oftentimes I have found that they're um, used interchangeably, which is an absolute no-no. But yeah. I think you've got to be in the industry to actually know that. Well, UI is part of UX. UX isn't always talking about Oh, some about would UI. argue not. Some would argue not. I think it's good. I think it would be good discussion. I think it'd be a really well, good user discussion. user interface is always part of the experience. But the user experience isn't always talking about I don't want to segue too much into this totally yeah. separate topic, <laughs> but I think it would be totally beneficial to have a, yeah. a podcast episode about it. Absolutely. Um, we'll put it so, on the list. I did a little bit of research today. There, Some of these prototyping tools, um, service lines, are... UX pin, these are some of the names of them that are like the most popular outside of Envision that I feel like I've commercialized enough on the show. <laughs> UX pin, Webflow, Envision, and another one that's called Marvel. And basically, it just allows designers like us to quickly create working, you know, basically low and high fidelity prototypes. And it just gives the chance to gauge usability and aesthetic at the same time without having to write a single line of code. So, mm-hmm. um, and the reason that I love these so much as a way to showcase with clients directly is because the scale ratio proportions are far more realistic. They can open them in the browser and scroll through like scroll re- as they would real time. Mm-hmm. And then for any comments that they have as they scroll up and down, they can be interactive with them and make give feedback in that sense. So I just I think this is just a win win altogether. It's just yeah. ease of use and functionality that gives instant like for like experience in my mind. Yeah. So, um, 
I I think the reason I say it's a win win is because as a designer, it sh- there's no question about like, well, where's that supposed to, or what does that say, or do, how do I zoom in? You know, I don't know how many times I've shared screens and and or tried to share screens with a client, and they're trying to get the proper 100% zoom even with just utilizing Preview as an application yeah. mm-hmm. um, product on their on their desktop. So. Um, it's a huge advantage for the client side. <laughs> yeah, it just it just really helps those people that need to kind of see everything for what it is. Yes. The people that cuz honestly most people out there just don't have much imagination for stuff. So they they it really no. helps to show them and it's not even talking bad about them. It's just some well, people's brains just aren't think yeah. that, that kind these, of just don't I work in that way. I honestly think that these prototype tools are lessening static wireframing altogether. You can you can yeah. do it all in one with mm-hmm. these tools. Um with just going straight to mockup land. So anyway, mm-hmm. I can't I say enough it about that. it. You can add subtle animation and transition effects to these even. Mm-hmm. Uh and I haven't I haven't experienced a ton of that yet, but I know that I need to it's time for me to dive into that. Um I've mainly been utilizing it for uploading static imagery for scale, you know, on scroll purposes mm-hmm. um, and for, for, for feedback of those mockups that I share. And then another thing that's really great about these tools is that, so you set up your account with, with these um, services and then it's all private. You have to share certain links of screens, whether they're, um, desktop, mobile, or tablet, and now even Apple Watch, annoyingly, um, <laughs> in order for them to open them up. So it's not open to the public. Everything is safe, secure. You have total control over what's shared. Nice. And it can be by project uniformly or screens at a single Specifically, time. Specifically, right. Yes. Now, does this make the handover to programming much easier as well? It can. Oh my because, gosh! All yeah. the developers that I collaborate with can, are so grateful that I a not only work in Sketch now, but they also are so thankful that I can just load to Envision so that they can reference it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than Ongoing. before, rather than before, they were getting layered PSDs. They were getting all your direction and notes. And yeah, everything. and but and, you're you basically know, I giving think them a good developer a still goes into the source file, but um, they don't have to maybe study mm-hmm. um, through and through to the extent as they otherwise would with these prototyping tools now readily available. So, yeah, nice. And okay. it just it, sh- it lets them see like what the navigation is, like what yes. links to what. Yes. That's kind of the, one of the major things it does too. So, yeah, you don't have so there's to. no question, really. I mean, it sounds like it's a much clearer no, interpretation it's straight of up. It's right, straight what up. your design it's is. Great. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's an extra step mm-hmm. to go yeah. through. So I think a lot of people, yeah. it eliminates. Like, eh, I don't some really steps. want to go through that step, but um, it really helps when you're presenting it to a client to get that approval. Like, it's just, it, it eliminates that barrier of they don't quite understand what's happening. It makes it very clear. So they're like, yes, we can move on now. Yeah. Which is I nice. Think, I think the thing Assuming they're I happy with the design. I think the thing, <laughs> and the other thing that's, I know going to sound really tr- totally specific, but the other thing that's really beneficial is even after approval process has, has come and gone, I oftentimes have what I know they've viewed in Envision 
while I'm doing the cross check phase once we're in staging so that by the time they see the design in a dev environment, it's absolutely similar to what they had been reviewing for several weeks within the Envision app. Does that make sense? Yep. There's no surprises. Right. That's key. Yeah, I think it's great. Anyway, All right. we can move on. I feel like I spent too much time going over that. No, it's, it's cool. <laughs> it's that important, Mikhail. It's very important. Prototyping <laughs> is uh, it's the wave of the future. Stair-stepping. Stair-stepping exactly. important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So my first one to bring up is um, value-based exit overlays. So cool. controversial because people kind of hate exit overlays. Um, if, yeah. if you're not familiar with it, you see it all the time now, and it, mm-hmm. it gets really obnoxious where um, it's basically you're mousing back toward the back button or toward the yeah. little um, the URL, you know, to put in the, the new web address you're going to, and it the, the site detects that you're leaving, so then that pop-up comes up saying, wait, there's more. Before you go. Give us your email address, <laughs> and we'll load you up with all this great content. Um, the trend, people are getting really sick of this. But the, 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 the catch-22 is those, the exit overlays work. Um, they, they really help with conversions. They just do, mm-hmm. as annoying as they are. So basically mm-hmm. what we're starting to see now is, um, especially in a retail environment, like if it's an e-commerce yes, store. definitely. Yeah, so like maybe you've got stuff in your cart and you just thought, eh, never mind, right, I'm going to go back. Right. Or, or maybe you don't have anything in the cart and you're going to go back. This is a new exit overlay that doesn't ask for anything. It doesn't ask for your email address. It just says, wait, before you leave, how about this offer? And it's not asking for an email address or anything like that. It's just giving you a really good offer to entice that sale. Um, and I think in the, in the past, people were just, they, they got a little greedy and they also wanted the email address. But oh, right. that makes it a little Seem less... manipulative. It's, yeah, yeah and, and I get why you want the email address. You can right. market to them later, and it's always nice yeah. to have it. But mm-hmm. if you're really going to lose a customer, just get, them, just get them to buy something. And sure. by the way, once they buy from you, they're in your system anyway. So That is true. You're um, already going to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a trend I think we're going to see. It's just a little more um, – this gives them a push to get that conversion, and you're not really asking anything in return. So, yeah. Cool. That's a good one. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you prefaced that one with it's controversial. Because yeah, well, it's it's a win-win because they get a discount or free shipping or whatever the offer is, and you get a higher percentage of, um, you know, and this is mostly going to be for not for our website, our portfolio websites, but for your client sites if you or happen to be designing an e-commerce store. Yeah, and you know how I mentioned that it can be manipulative on their end? Well, you can also manipulate it as a user yourself. Jason and I just went through this. I visit oh, certain stores <laughs> online all you, the time. And, and then you threaten to leave? Yeah. <laughs> I, I visit certain stores online all the time, whereas I know Jason doesn't visit them. So I'm like, oh, you're going to get a coupon. We're going to get 50% <laughs> off. Let's use your computer. <laughs> ah, there you go. Duh. <laughs> You're going to hell, Mikkel. Oh, my God. A long time ago. A long-ass time ago. I'll, I'll save you a seat. She's like, Banana Republic, I never did that to you. <laughs> nice. Oh, my gosh. All right. That's great. Nick. Yes. What you got? All right. Well, we've talked about this before, but I think we're all in agreement there's no other way to make a more visually striking kind of homepage than by using a cinematograph as your hero image. 
So, Amen, sister. We got, yeah, we got, we got uh, <laughs> Father uh, Cinemagraph over here, Wes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they definitely are picking up the pace. And I think the best thing about it, and we've talked about this as well, is it's a trend to get on now because it's like, as much as we've been talking about it, as much as there has been buzz about it, we're still not seeing it like a, so, so over the top right now. So there's a great, mm -hmm. this is a great spot to kind of strike and get in there and see what you could do by putting it in as your hero image. You know, these are large immersive photos and videos that have, make the stop, make the user stop for a second and take notice. There's something in there. There's one little element or one little, one little movement within this field that is continually moving and it grabs your attention really great. So mm -hmm. like we said, it's part photo, part video. Um, but again, do it in that subtle way where it's just enough to grab their attention and it's not going over the top with some blaring message or something that's going to disconnect them from the rest of the flow of your website. Um, one of Wes's great tips is layering it carefully with a crafted call to action button on top. That's a great way to get that maximum impact. So you've got them there. Now you have this perfectly placed call to action button and you're getting them a little bit more like kind of that double punch because of what's happening yeah. in that specific yeah. area. And I, and the cool thing too, is it's another way to be creative. I think we, we maybe sometimes I, you'll look at your site and be like, what else can I add to really punch the creativity and, and those things. And the cinemagraph from scratch, and there's so many great tutorials to figure out how mm -hmm. to make these. Why not try one and really be creative with it so it's not only is it on trend, but you're doing something that no one else has. I think that's the yeah. point about this whole thing is do something unique and original. Yeah, and clients eat this up. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I just did it on one of my client sites, and he was so into it, like, because he had never seen it before. Yeah, you know, oh, um, sure. Yeah, it's just it's that's something how that's, untrendy it is at this point. But right, but I mean, I, I do predict up. I predict yeah. 2017 to be the year of these things. So <laughs> um, get on it while the getting's good. It's I I don't I don't doubt that for a second that you can impress instantaneously um, clients with this because it is just so beautifully subtle. Mm -hmm. There's something so pleasant about that. Yeah. Um, it's just far less in your face. It's adding a little something to a still. It's just, mm -hmm. it can be really beautifully done. I, yeah. I actually have mine on it. I have it on a hidden page because I haven't been able to figure out what I'm going to put on the main page. But when I direct my, a new client to my questionnaire, which is, which lives on the site, but it's a, I give them a URL. It's not something you can actually like click on. Um, yeah. cause I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I found, I was getting a ton of just spam through that thing. So I don't put it oh. out there. I kind of just give it to them as a separate um, yeah, link okay. in an email. Huh. But I threw in this really cool one that has like old rustic like gears that are working because it's, it, I call it the, the, logo, the logo lounge, uh, the logo lab. It's where like they put in mm. all of their information and everything. So it's this perfect mechanical thing. And the client wrote back to me and he was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen on a website. And I was like, you're Cinem hired. Cinemagraphs work. Thank you, Wes. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> cool. No, and they're great. Like as long as you just come up with some kind of cool concept, like we were talking about with the gears. Yeah. And like logo mm -hmm. lab. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't really even have to be that closely tied to whatever the niche is. 
It can yeah. just be something that's just kind of tied to what the headline says. Mm-hmm. It's like the, yeah. I'm almost, like, yeah, you try to want, I, I have the whole idea of like, let's get your logo started and let's get the juices flowing or something like that mm-hmm. I wrote. And that moving in the background makes for a perfect little uh, a, um, association to the headline, like you were saying. Yeah. Really works great. And subliminally, maybe you get them, but man, when they write, when they tell you that, then I was like, oh, damn, okay, now I got to find a good one yeah, for the front page. Yeah, that's the major <laughs> affirmation there. Sure. Cool. Totally. Nice. All right, Mikkel. So my next trend to discuss is uh, about the focus on originality and the decline of stock imagery. Mm. Because... Um, I actually, I have a couple examples to bring up. One that's more personal about project that I'm working on, but everybody knows Dropbox. And Dropbox does not utilize photography. Have you guys noticed this? They've got their cute, really unique renderings that are illustrations. Mm -hmm. And they do it really, really well. So that is absolutely an example of that sense of um, originality that is Mm -hmm. theirs. Without mm-hmm. having to um, pull in stock imagery of any of any kind, sure. and as much as we have advertised how some stock imagery sources really have a natural organic approach to them, by and large, there the, these stocks sources don't really. You can tell. You can just tell the difference, and you absolutely have to be in the creative realm to seek it. We know that we work with the imagery so much that we know the difference, but um, one of the accounts that I'm supporting right now, they it's all about um, a mobile app. So they decided to, they'd made this decision themselves, I didn't even have to talk them into it, to not pull in any stock imagery. They wanted to get permission from some of their consumers and or users to utilize portrait images of them to so that the user experience was more relatable. Mm-hmm. And these are real people utilizing their product. Yep. And then not only that, but you know how oftentimes, I mean, everybody's, any designer's been through this. You've got the device dilemma where, I mean, come on, Apple, it's enough updates already. I keep having to replace de- photography of devices for certain accounts, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you can abstractly create and vectorize these beautiful um, devices so that you don't have to track and replace ongoing the the photography at a high resolution. So that's another really kind of neat way to display UI, um, and they own for, that drawing because it's unique, for, right? Yeah, and yes, I think so, Drop, Dropbox is that perfect example. And there's something mm. really, really gratifying about being the creative behind the scenes that comes up with that abstract, generic device um, rendering that's illustrative for an account. It's pretty cool. Because once it's a win, they want to use it across the board for every single page and then and then some. It yeah, will be utilized yeah. in their print collateral. They want the illustration to be – I mean, for consistency purposes to brand, it's utilized with other media applications. So it's just, it's just a really smart way 
um, to display Im um, imagery and graphics. And I do feel like, at least for me, I'm seeing a ton, a lot more style approaches for iconography for this reason. A lot of styles to flowcharts and diagrams and, and that kind of thing. Infographic arena has become interestingly, um, well, it's become just interesting, period. Well, it's more, um, pro and it's more profitable too because you put that up front and say, I'll do custom unique ones, give them what your estimate would be, and show them the value of that over particular stock of photography, which isn't cheap in the first place, right? Yeah, but you, you, yeah. But you, mm -hmm. you can add this more to estimates and invoices right. by... Right, no, no by, doubt. You know what I mean? By showing more of a, a you Already, know, and, and maybe it would be the same... For, for, from the client's perspective, maybe the same amount of money would be going in anyway. If they're going to be paying me an hourly rate to render something unique for them, just as much as they may be paying me to, to seek the perfect image that they may not love within... A month or so, it's mm -hmm. it's just it's just worth it to explore this. Already, I've been getting requests to for the beginning of 2017 to replace all background imagery to landing pages and home pages. It's mm. because I think it's because of this argument about originality. So, um, and who hasn't seen the same stock image applied? on two different sites, but just have a different crop or something to yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> that can be so annoying. Yeah, that can be so annoying. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, um, and I, the whole originality thing is awesome. Like, it's, and I do recommend for a lot of clients to go with, you know, the custom route, have their own shots taken. Um, if, if that's not in the budget, however, like, there are ways with stock images to still kind of pull off the are you supporting my trend right now or are you but <laughs> no totally it? no i'm i'm just saying like i'm just saying i do support it but there's not always room in the budget for it so i'm just no, trying so to kind you of pay offer, the designer like, to render something that is vectorized that's the whole that's that's part of the point that the really big point that oh I'm are you are you, are you just going for are you saying like illustration over photos no client is going to want to pay a photographer to shoot original original shots that is hardly that is never going to change. That there that's always a budget constraint. So yeah. the point that I'm trying to drive home here is use of illustrations. Oh, illus okay. I just didn't okay. So illustrations over That's photos. why I brought up Jotbox as an example yeah. and then the prototyping renderings that I've been doing personally for a specific client. Okay. I, I even had a client ask that specifically because I, I just defaulted and went straight to, hey, we'll drop in a few little uh, stock photography of this or something. And he was like, I love that I'm seeing a lot of original line art and drawings for specific, on specific websites. So we did these cool little case study uh, icons for his website. And you're right. It was he was. Hmm. God, I felt bad that I was like, you know, he he, he was the one bringing it up, and I'm like, did you talk yeah. to Mikkel? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I just recently um, had a client only be okay with featuring stock photography in the hero region where it's really washed out for the type overlaid pop. Otherwise, he wanted me to render illustrations for body regions of every single page. Yeah. 
Clients are even getting particular about this, which is a good thing. I think, you know, uniqueness to brand. I mean, they should be particular about that. Otherwise, we'd be out of a job. Mm Mm-hmm. It's good good to have opinions for sure. <laughs> that's that's cool. So like yeah, it's one of those weird things though. Um between photos and illustrations, illustrations are certainly a trend and they're they're very cool, but the one thing that I caution about illustrations versus photos is um it has been shown that photos lead to more trust like if they're real not if they're those cheesy stock handshake photos like that's not gonna yeah. ever do anything for anybody well I of think, course that's the case yeah, yeah. Uh, not any any anybody can tell if it's original photography or stock and i know what you're well, saying sometimes you, you can get the because like i'll just say like on my website mm-hmm. those are stock images that i've kind of chosen very carefully mm-hmm. you know i mean it can be done to kind of I don't think stock imagery will necessarily go away. That's not the point yeah. that I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. No, but I know there it's, is it's a, a trend, yeah. There, it, there is a way to marry and parallel identity by means of photography and illustration wherever, wherever um, it, it, it deems agreeable to you and the client. But there's right. no reason to not argue. What if we were to do something unique here? Um, oh yeah, and then and then bring up the illustrations. And so for in this sense, also what's coming about is hand sketched um, drawings that are becoming vectorized as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is cr- yeah, some crazy personality approach there, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and and extremely beneficial. It. Yeah, it has to be done right, like the animated call to action thing. It has to be done right. You can't pull in f- stupid effing clip art here. That's not well, yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> well, yeah, we know that. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be well done, and it's got to be on brand. Yeah, it has company. to be yeah. tastefully pulled in, of course. Yeah, and it doesn't work for every brand either. Like if it's like an insurance company or something, that's not. I, you can't do cutesy the, line drawings necessarily. The client that but. I just brought up um, about the hero images and then wanted me to rent that was an insurance company. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, there's always exceptions, right? So, all right. Only with the rock and designers it is, I there guess. You go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm here all night. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, my last one to bring up is uh, Death of the Homepage. So, this think of this does not mean stop designing homepages. Like obviously every website needs a homepage, it needs like that, you know, the the catch-all page. But my point here is that we're starting to see a lot less importance put on the homepage because people are finding out now that landing pages do a much better job of getting traffic and getting conversions. Like so think of it think of this as like a landing page first approach. Um, there still needs to be the homepage, but I think the, the days are quickly diminishing where you start with the homepage as like the, the important page. Like what I'm starting to do now is the first thing I show the client is a landing page design because that's more, that's where your money is mm-hmm. much more important. So the, the idea here is you're going to have multiple landing pages that can they can probably be templatized. They can probably all have the same template applied to them, but you're going to go after different demographics, different behaviors. Um, you know, if you, let's say you've got 
um, a client with a retail store and you sell men's clothes and women's clothes and baby clothes. You'll have maybe Facebook ads. Then the last thing you want to do with a Facebook ad is target all three of those groups and have them go to just the homepage. Sure. You want to target sure. the women to go to the women's page. You want to target the men to go there. Um, you're probably not targeting babies on Facebook. I don't think they are allowed to sign up. <laughs> yeah, but, when do they start? Hmm. I mean, you know, 14, get, get them early, <laughs> I guess. But you know what I mean? So it's it's more about designing those landing pages um, rather than the homepage. So, so it's almost like just less almost importance, calling, it, calling it more landing page and doing away with the term homepage. No, I mean, you still need right? the homepage. Yeah, but yeah. My, the, yeah, the point is we're just putting less emphasis mm-hmm. and turmoil on the homepage. Um, we're putting that – We're just, it, it's, it's got to be a landing page first approach. You know, the homepage mm-hmm. is definitely – if people are – like, if yeah, people are just typing it in, like, you know, oldnavy.com, that's fine. But um, probably most of our clients are not of that – name recognition stature. So they're being pulled in from organic search or from PPC ads or Facebook ads or what have you. So they're and to direct people to the homepage is the worst mistake you can make with that. You'd rather go to a more specific one based on how you got there. And that's what I think a lot of times, maybe a great example is when you're on, when you do search for something and you get to a page and it is something as big as old Navy after the com, there is a lot of code. And that's meaning yep. you went to a site that was probably brought to you by your demographic or specifically what you were searching, correct? Yeah, and the, the big Got code it. thing is usually kind of a PPC code, like a tracking code. Got so it. that's don't worry about that so much. But um, for instance, I'm doing an insurance site right now, mm-hmm. and we've determined like ten different landing pages for different services they offer. Nice. Okay. So what we're not going to do is have all these people come to the homepage because. That's not really what they're looking for. We're people that are looking for, you know, uh, construction liability insurance, as, as sexy as that is. You want to get um, them right there. Yeah. You want to get them right to that page. Yeah. Got it. So, I mean, it, again, this is kind of a more symbolic trend. It's not saying no more homepages, it's just saying let's focus less on that homepage and focus more on the others. Got it. Yeah. Much more meaningful. All right. Cool. So that's just a, a taste of uh, the trends we can expect this year. And for more of those trends, you can visit that infographic. Um, there's, I think, eight more on the infographic I made. And it's you should know the ones on that are, they're not just trends. They're the web design trends that are um, that have a lot of potential to increase conversions. And that's the most um, important part. Why else would you be doing all this? Yeah. You know? I mean, trends are fun to talk about, but if they don't move the needle for anything. Mm-hmm. If it's just a material design versus flat design, like, I mean, it's, you know, it's not really going to provide any value to your clients. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what and the whole point is really. It's like, yeah. If you want to, if you want to be well paid, that's yeah, exactly. the point. <laughs> <laughs> and keep, keep getting the bigger and bigger ones, you know? Exactly. Cool. Man. So yeah, if you want to do that, go to tinyurl.com slash 2017 trends and you can read uh, about the rest of the, the trends. So, Two thousand seventeen um, sounded pretty good. I think sounded so. Good. I mean, can't be any worse than twenty sixteen was, right? So, I'm glad nobody brought up f- flat design is not going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, see that one there's more so many of these trend reports that you see. Like in every year, it's the same five trends. Yeah, 
like authentic hand, authentic hand lettering. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, so, guys? Come on. Yeah. It's the best you can do. But you know what's uh, what is the best we can do is fresh books, baby. Oh yeah. Um, fresh books are our favorites. They allow us to be designers, not accountants, because we hate that. Makes it really easy to send invoices and keep track of your expenses, so you can do what you do best. Um, it's really easy to use. It only takes about 30 seconds from beginning to end to send out an invoice. You can customize the colors, add a logo so they match your branding and make you look really professional to your clients. Um, so like we said last time, so you look like someone who deserves to be paid because <laughs> you're a professional. Their new and, tagline for 2017. Exactly. Man, they helped and, me out so much today. I called them. Yeah. And uh, at first he's like, Mikel? I go, no. Uh. <laughs> I, said, I said, it's Nick. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, I, we were trying to set up payment from uh, our first international client that wanted to pay via oh. a credit card or via PayPal. Transaction fees. The best part, too, was when I called back. Oh, sorry. I just hit the mic. That was me. When I called back, <laughs> Um, the same guy answered, which was great, and he knew exactly oh, where to. And then you have a code uh, on the help support thing on your website, and when you give them yes. that code, he know he can look, he or she can look right into what your problem is. I'm and, actually Nick. It's called a support key. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the best. You noob. Your delivery was just too good on that. <laughs> Have you, condescension. Done cus- have you done customer service before? Michelle? Oh, yeah, just a few times. <laughs> or maybe you know who's not condescending is FreshBooks. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, no, they, <laughs> man, they helped me out so nicely today, and we yeah, got it cleared. Awesome. And literally in 20 minutes, the thing came through, and there was the payment from overseas. So, come on. Who else is going to do that for you? Oh, cool. Yeah, that was great. Cool. That was great. So it's going to be a Merry Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> right and on. We're not, and we're not going to do any better than that. Go out on a high note. So mm-hmm. one month free for our listeners. You don't even need a credit card to sign up. So go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic. And one then month enter. is long enough to figure out that it's awesome yeah, I know. sauce. Yeah. And without a credit I mean, card, no one else does yeah. that. Come on, right. people. <laughs> no, no, you got nothing to lose. And then enter deeply graphic in the how did you hear about us section, freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic. All right. So we've got a listener question, as always. And this one comes from Ryan Wheaton. Um, he had a two-parter, but I think we're only going to be able to get to the first part today. So it says, when it comes to straight branding or identity design work, Often it can be hard to measure any direct impact or success metrics yeah. other than client or audience feedback. Have you found any good way of presenting or measuring the success in these kind of branding projects? Um, this is such a interesting question. I mean, I for me, I don't know how you measure the success of branding unless you're kind of pulling in user testing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or if it was a re- what do you guys have for if that? it was a rebrand, you might be able to get some data that's not so specific, but at least helpful in maybe your. This is all about your case studies and what you can say about how you, what your work did for your client. So if you can get something that maybe the company has seen a tremendous amount of success after the relaunch or the rebranding of something that you worked on, that might be a great way to you know, do that. But, but this is, he is so right. There is no one specific way that you can measure the matrix of what your logo and branding could do. One, one suggestion I might have is that obviously to 
get a quote from your client is obviously great. And that's one thing I'm collecting right now in the case studies that I'm building is tell me what this did for you, how you felt it, uh, you know, launched your business. Did it, did it set the tone? Did it set the personality for what you wanted? But also too, because of social media now, if, if, in two of the places we did, we specifically took the logo and the branding and put it on a nice big wall as almost a social media spot to take a picture. So mm-hmm. getting to show that it has be engaged the customers and people are taking pictures with this sign behind them or with this logo behind them, that's that speaks to a new potential client, I think, you know, by mm-hmm. give, showing them that it's it's actually successful in its environment. Um mm-hmm. That that's maybe one way to do it. I don't know, Mikkel, any yeah. anything on your end that you might think would be helpful? Um, that's a tough one because user experience wise is just based on click throughs and analytics. So I wouldn't say that that measures brand mm-hmm. identity necessarily. Yeah, I mean, this branding is, a tough is one. yeah, branding and is then more feedback like a is straight up opinionized feedback. So I wouldn't say that's totally legit either. So yeah. I think it's it's I mean it's about whether about how long an organization has been established for and whether you can start to shift to the the mark exclusively. You don't need the tagline. You don't need Good the verbiage yep. at all. Good point. That's oftentimes a huge indicator. But, you know, for a lot of the accounts that we're not working on, I mean, we didn't we didn't render the swoosh for Nike. I mean, it's yeah. it's a totally different ballgame for us. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm thinking about the conversation, Nick, that you pointed out that you had with the designer behind the new TBS refresh. Mm-hmm. Sean. Yeah. Sean Heisler. And we gave that logo a bit of shit that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would say that now that, well, I mean, I'm a major Sheldon freak. I, I watch Big Bang regularly okay. and Conan. So... We since we have TBS on quite a bit in our household, I would say not only has that identity grown on me, but all the different applications, the yeah. background imagery, the patterns to see how it works in a quirky sense, given the network's personality, is yeah. an absolute winner. There you go. It's and, unbelievable. And he knew that going in. That was part of the brief was this thing has to be adaptable and it has to be a vessel. But so a lot of us as we don't know creatives, yeah. we can't identify with Sean. Yeah. We don't have, you know, we don't, we're not working on those types of accounts. So yeah, it's exactly. a tricky one. It's a really tricky one. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think you brought up a great point with that and how it works for the client down the road. So like I think you showing the the, the track record with that and also too – what else would speak to, let's say, the whole reason you're doing this is for a potential new client to see this on your site and kind of say, wow, that person gets branding. Throw in the challenge. What was the challenge of this, this company? What, what did they need to say with their logo? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. show it and say the success was we came up with an elegant branding that is also whimsical but shows trust. Like whatever the, the vibe that they yeah. wanted was. Did you, did, you, did you match up to what your your challenge was. And that might be a nice way to say it um, within the case studies, because other than that, you know, you can't really say much is attributed to the logo with, without some specific data and who has that, you know what I mean? Well, one thing I just kind of occurred to me, one 
easy way to kind of test this with a control group is, um, you know, Facebook, do a Facebook ad mm-hmm. um, to a specific landing page or whatever it's for. Um, everything being the same, use the old logo on one and the new logo on another one and see if you see any difference of click-through. Because everything else is the same, so theoretically it should, it would be the logo being the difference. Yeah. You know, the branding. So um, you could try that. I don't... I, it's hard you know, to say all, that that would of course, make much know, of a difference, but focus groups and you know brand strategists that organize yeah. these focus groups all the time. But um, you know that's a, that's just. I mean, a branding is one of those things. It's degree. it's so subjective too. It's subjective, it's and it's all it really has to do is kind of convey the personality of the brand. And I think if if everyone is on board, the all the stakeholders are on board that it does it, that it fulfills those objectives. I think it's a success. And, and Unless look, you start yeah. hearing bad you know shit about it through the grapevine or of course whatever but yeah and and you're i think by looking at what other agents look at some of the bigger agencies and see how they use the branding case studies and i think that's what i've been kind of researching a lot too to see that they are showing they're not just placing it there and letting it sing for themselves put a little content behind it and say what what was needed how you found what you did for inspiration and how you delivered and that that's about all you can do at that point, I think to really to gain some trust. That's all you're trying to do at that mm-hmm. point. And then mm-hmm. let everything else, you know, how did you ap- apply it to things? How did you, yeah. were you smart with how you used it on different applications for whatever else the company is doing? So there's a lot of ways to, to stretch that. But I know what he's saying, man, that not, you can't just say it increased sales 50%. <laughs> just yeah. can't do it. Yeah, it's not good directly question. attributable. Yeah, hey, great Ryan question. Wheaton, way to go was, with number one question of two. Yeah, I know. And it's a great uh, question to end 2016 on. So, cool. um, yeah, keep sending in those listener questions to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Um, and, you know, we love the audio questions. So, yep. just record yourself asking it and email it in. All right, where can people find you guys online, Mikkel? I can be found at MKM Design on Facebook, MKM Design Co. on Instagram. Nicholas? At LongoDesigns.com and LongoDesigns Instagram as well. Cool. And you can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Deep End Design or on Twitter at Wes McDowell. All right. We will uh, take a little break for the year and we'll see you guys in 2017. Happy holidays. Yep. With that in mind, keep designing. Catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast.